0: ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Powersports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talks Elizabeth Nelson, how are you? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. As I know you, Bash, how are you and and how have you been?
1: Good, good. I'm, uh, I've been good. I just got home from work a little bit ago and... Uh, yeah, I'm excited to do this.
0: This is awesome. I really appreciate it. You know, I've told this story in front of you many times. You know, the fact that we're at uh, what is it, Fox now? Uh, yeah, Paula or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever the name of it is now. And I'm riding my bike and I'm thinking I'm all hot stuff and and I go over this little tabletop with a little pop jump, you know, no big deal. And I look up and you're above me. And uh <laughs> Yeah. I, I tell that story to a lot of people because they don't believe, you know, that some of you ladies can ride like that. And I just said, yeah, this, this gal's on a whole nother level. You know, when we go race other races, I've asked for your advice. Um, you know, it's easier to come to you and ask you than go to Dustin or some of the other guys that ride motorcycles. I'm not as embarrassed.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 That was, that was, a that was funny. That's always a good story to talk about. I mean, you're not the only guy that us girls have jumped over. So, um there's plenty out there, but yeah, because yeah, we're I, buddies, we just have to keep keep bringing it up.
0: <laughs> oh, dude, I'm not embarrassed at, it at all because <laughs> I could never ride like that. Never. You know, I've never been able to ride a motorcycle like that and and I'm just it's just pretty awesome when you know the person that does it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's, that that's why I like to tell that story. So now everybody, you know, can call me out on it. It's it's no big deal. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> do you still get to ride much?
1: Um, no, not really. I um, I have a bike uh, after I quit racing. Uh, the kids have bikes and stuff, and Dustin gets bikes from Yamaha. So I wanted a bike, so I went out and bought myself a two thousand six uh, YZ one twenty five. And Dustin re- helped me rebuild it all, like redid the whole motor. And I put the new updated plastic on. And uh, I rode it for a little bit, but it's been sitting for a few years. I really need to get it back out because I get the itch and then like, no, it's kind of a lot of work. <laughs> but
0: That's kind of strange because you spent so much time on the back of a motorcycle most of your life, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, you know, I, I started racing when I was 12, but I got the first time I ever rode a dirt bike was, um, my cousin lived in Colorado. We went to visit, I think I was probably like 10 and he had like a 1991 YZ 80 or something. And he had like 30 acres. And I said, Hey, I want, I want to try that. And he's like, Uh, I don't know. I'm like, no, I want to try it. And so he got me going on it and I would just go around his house and we were there for like a week. And at six o'clock when the sun came up, I was going just around and around and around. And I'm like, okay, I I need to go to the track. Let's go to the track. So he took me to um, one of their local tracks and I rode on the peewee track and I'm like, okay, now I need a bear bike.
0: So <laughs> what did mom and dad say about that?
1: Well, uh, they were fine with it. Um, I was grown up being a soccer star. I, you know, played soccer from five years old and had the idea of going to college on a scholarship. And, uh, I quit my senior year of high school to race motorcycles like professionally. So. Um, I had to work really hard to get my first dirt bike because my parents really wanted me to focus on soccer, but, um, I kept trying like, Hey, well, what if I do this? What if I do that? And they finally were like, okay, fine. If you can do this in soccer, then I'll, I'll get you a motorcycle. And so, and what it was, was do a header into the goal at like a big tournament. I said, Okay. So the ball bounced and I literally like poked my head, like barely tapped it in. And I'm like, hey, where's my bike? <laughs> <laughs> and so my parents went out and bought me a 1983 or 86 um KX80 or something. It it had two flat tires, it had a really big squishy seat, and then it had like a big metal bar um on the back, like behind the seat. And by the fender like to i don't know hold you up or something i, I don't know but i rode that for a little bit and then i was like okay this isn't gonna work i need something better and then so my parents went and got me a, a yz80 and then that was the end of that
0: how did you fit the soccer and the racing in together
1: well, um, I had to stay focused with the soccer cause that's what I was committed to. Um, but every opportunity that I wasn't practicing for soccer, I was riding dirt bikes and, um, I took lessons from quite a few people. Uh, Mike Fedora was one of the ones that really, uh, helped me throughout my career to get started and stuff like that. So I would go take lessons on off weekends and stuff like that with him. And then, yeah, once I got to the point, like when I was older, um, and turned pro, then I said, okay, uh, you know, the soccer's got to go. And I just continued my racing
0: career. So
1: where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Riverside, California.
0: So there was a lot of racing at that point in time, all around Southern California.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I lived probably like 15 minutes from what was star West. And then I was like 25 minutes from Glen Helen I, and in 20 minutes to Paris raceway. I mean, I had, I was like in the middle of it. So. And Elsinore and I mean, there was a bunch.
0: What was the level of the women's professional racing at the time you turned pro?
1: Um when I turned pro, it was pretty stacked. Um, there was a, a pretty big group of ladies that were all, you know, really good. Like there was Jessica Patterson, Tara Geiger, Ashley Fialik, um, Sarah Whitmore. There was a big group of us. Um, I wasn't the top of those, but I was like fifth the 10th. When I first got into it, um, I did whole shot my first pro race at Washugal, but it t- <laughs> it didn't end well after the first lap, but I made it I made it the first lap and then I crashed. But
0: well, were you besides that? You besides that?
1: that? <laughs> no, but I mean there was a lot of girls. There was a big group of girls, you know, and I didn't know much about the, the ladies before. Um, cause I wasn't like super involved in it. Uh, cause I did a lot of the amateur racing and stuff. So I knew all those people, but like when I turned pro, there was a whole different set of racers from other countries and like stuffy bow and mm-hmm. stiffy Lair. you know, they came from all over to race. Cause there wasn't that many women's racers, you know, around.
0: How did it, how did you go from amateur to pro? I mean, was it the same progression that the men do? Did you just dominate all the amateur stuff? Yeah,
1: so um, I I did all the amateur stuff. And then I got a ride with um, Kawasaki Team Green on 125s. And then um, they wanted me to ride all the women's amateur stuff. And I rode part of the series that it was like WMA or WMX at the time. I don't remember, but. Um, I wrote part of that series and I was just like 30 seconds, you know, beating second place in the amateur class. And I said, okay, well, like winning an amateur title for that, I would rather go pro and start mixing it up with those girls. So I raced a few races, um, in the amateur class. And then I just decided to go pro at that time.
0: Like, what Step it up. lucky say,
1: yeah, so
0: what did it was like? uh,
1: it was it was, I mean, the amateur stuff was good because it helped with my confidence, but it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't that fun. Like some of the races, I had a lot of competition, but like the women's amateur series for the wmX at that time, you know, I was doing really well and what but would rather move up and race with the big girls you know
0: so but your sponsor
1: yeah yeah like my sponsors were they were you know kawasaki supported me through a lot of my racing career you know i rode 125s with them and then in 2004 when the 250f came out i was one of the first ones to get one of those and you know i rode for them for quite a few years um and they were definitely a huge, huge, you know, part of my package. So, and then you have all of the sponsors that come with that. So.
0: So was it all mainly motocross?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I only did motocross. Um, I, uh yeah, I raced like mammoth, all the amateur nationals, the Loretta Lynn's a bunch of times. Um, and then when I turned pro, um, I just kind of focused on on the the nationals,
0: so. And that was just all across the United States.
1: Yeah, yeah. So my parents bought a motorhome and a trailer, and I traveled around that with them and my dogs and the motorhome. And my little brother, he raced at a few of the races. He he wasn't really into it. He just kind of did it because we were there already and he was bored. So, but. <laughs> you know he he did a little bit but he just kind of did it just because I was he was there so
0: did he he ever do very good
1: uh no (laughs) No. (laughs) he was pretty slow (laughs) I mean I love him but he was pretty slow no he um he 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 was very he's very smart so he he thought too much about it you know he's like Okay, how fast do I have to hit this jump? And you know, I'm like, no, you just gotta pin it, you know, just hit the jump.
0: So okay, great, right?
1: Yeah, he was too scared. I'm like, you you gotta have a little bit of you know, just hanging out there. And he was no, he was not that type of writer. So
0: Let, let's go back a little bit because we jumped all the way into the pro class. I want to know how the conversation went with mom and dad, when you told them that we weren't going to play soccer anymore, we're going to go race professional motorcycles.
1: Oh, well, that was a long time ago, but they, um, my parents have been very, very supportive in anything that I've wanted to do in my life. And so, um, and I'm very driven. Like when I want to do something, you, you will know that, everyone will know that I want to do it. So um yeah they they would support me, you know, in anything. I've I've tried all the sports. I've tried cheerleading, but ta- you know, you name it. They supported me. So when I told them, all right, you know, I really like this dirt bike stuff. We should um uh, can I like kind of get rid of the soccer? And they were like, well, you know, sure you know, they like, they were fine with it. I, I'm sure that they wanted to see me progress in soccer and go to college on scholarship and stuff like that, but they just want me to be happy. So they were, if motocross was it, then so be it, you know, they, they were fine with it and, and they enjoyed it too. Um, my dad was my mechanic for a long time. And then, you know, so he enjoyed washing the bikes and, you know, putting new clutches in and changing tires and stuff like that. So he enjoyed that part. And my mom was, you know, did all the signups and did all the cooking and, you know, was the laundry lady at the races, you know, like she did it all. So it, it's definitely, um, motocross is definitely like a family sport. Um, although it's like individual, but it's a huge family sport. and. I mean, I do miss that part of it, you know, having my parents there at every race. Like, I don't think they missed one race. So
0: that, that's a huge commitment. Was there money in the in the pro women's racing at that time?
1: Um, I mean, like, like we had it wasn't like the men's, but. All means, um, but if you promoted yourself good enough, I mean, girls could make decent money. Um, where I, you know, growing up racing, where I got my, you know, the money that I made, which wasn't much, um, I got it through the sponsors, like the bonuses and gear companies. You know, I I rode for Troy Lee Designs. I rode for Fly. Like, so you know, I would get paid little, you know. It's here and there. And then, you know, but some of the top girls, they didn't make money, but I wouldn't say they could like, you know, buy a house and make a huge living off of it, you know,
0: <laughs> but maybe a small car and a, and a dog kennel.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like you could buy yourself a moto van and load your bikes in, and go, go to the track, but I don't see you know, I don't know, but I wasn't one of the top, top girls, like the best I finished in, in the series was fourth. So, um, which is pretty close, but, um, yeah, I, I just kind of did it just to do it. I didn't do it to like, be like, okay, I need to be able to survive off this. You know, I just went and raced and, and had fun and did the best I could. So.
0: So back when you were racing and and you have dealt with professionals for a long time. How did the training res regiment go for you? Were they, was Kawasaki involved in helping you or was it all on your own? Or were you using some of the racers that you spent time with, some of the men that had helped your career? Did they give you a layout, a training program for it, for you?
1: Um, Like, so when I was young, like getting into it, I kind of just rode like I would just ride all the time. I didn't realize until I was older that I really needed to like go to the gym and, you know, do long motos and stuff like that. So when I was younger, I just rode, like just go out there, ride. my dad would fill my bike up with gas, go back out, just keep going and going. But, you know, when I got older, then I realized, okay, I need to do motos and I need to do, you know, you know, 20 minute motos, like three of them, or, you know, throughout the day. So I would have, um, some of the parents of some of the fast guys growing up, like Villapoto. his mom would, um, do times for me. Like we would do like little motos, you know, like I would start and then I would go and do 20 minutes and see how long it would take Ryan to lap me or whatever, you know, which happened quite often, but, you know, I was, I, I just kind of had like friends and their parents, um, like I would go to the track with them and they would help me do motos and then, you know, stuff like that. So I didn't really have like a strict, okay, this is what you have to eat. This is what I, you know, it's the weights I have to lift, you know, I just rode, you know, and maybe Maybe I would have been better if I would have had like a super strict, you know, workout program and stuff like that. But
0: with with your soccer training, you probably ran a lot and you were probably in great shape. So as your amateur portion, when you were when you were playing soccer, you got a bunch of conditioning that way, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I was young. So kids back then, they. You know, you were outside until it was dinner time. As soon as the lights came on, I'm like that means you have to come eat. But you know, I was outside running, riding bikes, like I had lots of buddies, you know, where I grew up. So you know, I was outside all the time
0: just playing. So I feel mm-hmm. like
1: I got got my energy out there.
0: And and did the women circuit follow the men's? Were you guys at the same tracks at the same time?
1: Yeah. So we, we didn't have, we weren't at every single race, but they had like a, I don't even remember like, you know, eight round series or six round series where we would go to the same, um, tracks as the men, uh, we would race beforehand or we would race like an intermission or it just depended on the track, but yeah, we would ride the same track as the men for the nationals, which was pretty cool. And then you, you, you were already there. So you got to, you know, go out and watch the in race, you know, after you were done. So it was, it, it was definitely a cool experience to be there. And the tracks were really rough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got to go to Elsinore one year and you'll have to forgive me. I don't even remember what year it was. Uh, Dungey was the second year on the KTM or the first year on the KTM. I don't even remember. Um, And uh, we got to Elsinore. Were you racing then? Because the women raced there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was there. Um, I don't remember what year it was, but I definitely raced at Elsinore. Um, I can't remember the last season where I didn't race the women's stuff. Um, Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, Elsinore was always really slippery track. I wasn't a huge fan of that. I mean, being from Southern California, all the tracks are kind of slippery, but Elsinore when they watered it was like ice. So, and we always race before the men or like an intermission. So that's like when they water the track. So it was (laughs) some some of the races were awful because it was so muddy and so slippery, but it was fine. We got to race with the, you know, same track as the men. So it was fun
0: how much interaction did the ladies do with the men, you know, being professionals? Was there a lot of, you know, where you guys had a lot of friends and, and a lot of interaction.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm a pretty outgoing person. So I was like a social butterfly. My parents would say, so like, I would just in between the races, like I would just go to the guys, you know, some of the guys rigs and be like, Hey, so I have a question about this jump." You know, I just walk right in. Like I knew, like I owned the place and I'd be like, okay, you know, like, Hey Josh, uh, for an instance, Josh Grant, Hey Josh, I have a question. Like, what about this jump Or What about this? And, you know, I grew up with him. So he was like a buddy of mine. So it was, it was fine, but probably shouldn't just like walk into the semis. <laughs> but
0: but they didn't they nobody ever gave you any
1: no no they were like you know they were very helpful and stuff like all you know a lot of the men racers were very you know pumped to see the girls out there and, and we were all buddies so I don't, I don't remember one, one guy racer that like wouldn't take the time to talk to the ladies so
0: well, be which is a- cool yeah you'd be a fool not to right yeah but uh so when you were riding for Kawasaki that that's pretty prestigious to have a factory ride you know
1: yeah I was um at the time I was uh teammates with Jessica Patterson so that was that was cool I really looked up to her um growing up you know and like I said I started at 12 so I kind of just kept progressing and then turn pro. I turned pro in 2004. So I started in 98 Turned pro in 2004. So to be on Jessica's team was cool. Cause you know, we ended up being really good buddies and we would actually travel to the races and stuff. And her and her husband, uh, Eddie would come out and they would stay at my parents' house for months at a time. And, you know, it was cool. Cause you know, I looked up to her, but she was also there to be my buddy and like help me, you know, get to where I was. So,
0: so she was your mentor.
1: Yeah, yeah, we were like buddies and then competition, but she was like really fast. So I, I don't think I was like a threat to her, so she didn't mind like giving me some tips and pointers and stuff because she was probably like, oh well, she can't beat me.
0: So, but. <laughs>
1: I did beat her once. <laughs> well,
0: how did that go over?
1: Oh, uh, it was fine. She crashed, but uh, which that happens. But I, I beat. Um, I won a title out at uh, Oak Hill, so one of the nat- uh, like the amateur nationals. So she crashed, and then I don't even remember through like a whoop section or something, and she was coming, but. Thankfully, the check flag came out. <laughs> but I'll take it. I'll take my one like big major amateur title. Um, Yeah, to be able to beat her. So it was cool.
0: In the in the pro stuff, how many years did you race pro?
1: Um, oof, I
0: don't know. I turned pro in two thousand and
1: four, and then I think I stopped. I don't remember. Like. 2012, maybe 2000, 2012, maybe. Yeah. I can't remember the My last year, full story, my last year of racing, um, I didn't have a cowie ride. I didn't have any bikes or anything. And I just really wanted to go racing one more year. So actually a good friend of mine, Trey Kennard, um, helped me and helped me buy two bikes. He bought me a practice bike and a race bike. And, um, you know, I rode for fly at the time and he was running for fly. So it it was pretty cool. So, um, he obviously got me the bikes and then I found a way to get my stuff to the races. And I would say, yeah, maybe that was like 2000, I don't know, 11. 2010 or 11 would be and then I did some off-road stuff but we'll get into that later so (laughs) but yeah it was um my last year was cool it was not my best year but it was cool because I had Trey there supporting me and you know I still had awesome set of sponsors wasn't Cowie sponsors but I had my own set of sponsors and you know I just was very open-minded that year. Like, all right, this is the year. I'm just going to go out and just have fun and, you know, in race and race. Yeah.
0: How was the injury thing for you? I mean, that was, that was a pretty long professional span. So were you down on injuries or did you get injury? um,
1: Yeah, I had some pretty big injuries. Uh, I'd say my worst one, uh, I crashed out at Lake Whitney, uh, one year and I went over the bars and destroyed my insides. Like I lacerated my spleen and ruptured my pancreas or vice versa. I don't remember, but it was really bad. I had to be airlifted. Um, I was stuck in the hospital for weeks and I couldn't eat or drink anything. They had like a feeding tube like put into my arm and it was awful. I couldn't eat for a month and a half. So I had to like wear like a because I still wanted to go do stuff. I wore like a backpack with like the milk. It looked like milk, but it was like all the proteins and stuff. And I'd run it through my like my backpack through my shirt and it and it was like into my arm. And I still went out and did stuff with my buddies because I wasn't going to sit at home, but that was really bad. I shattered my elbow in Texas one year, which that was rough. And then, um, you know, I had concussions throughout the time and I shattered my foot, um, getting ready for X Games, which was brutal. But that and was my that was my last knock on wood, big injury. So from racing,
0: what year was that?
1: Um, that was like, uh, after 2011, (laughs) 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 because I was, I was dating my husband now husband at that time. So he was out testing with Yamaha and I gave him the phone call. Um,
0: pretty sure broke my foot. So. Uh, oh, wow. Um, um, how did you, how did you two meet?
1: Well, we met, uh, so I got into the works racing through a buddy of mine, Casey, who I miss dearly. Um, and we were at Washougal and that year, two thousand. Yeah, 2011, they had quad and dirt bike weekend was like on the same weekend. And I went up with a friend of mine and we were like going to go look at the track. And I'm like, well, the dirt bike guys are about to go out. So we went out and it was two single girls like at a dirt bike track. And so I was like, hey, telling my friend, hey, that guy's over there. He's pretty cute. So I went and asked one of my friends, who's actually a quad mechanic, about, <laughs> about it. And he said, hey, who's that guy with the Yamaha hat? He's like, well, there's either a little kid or an, or an older guy. The little kid was Josh Rowe or the older guy was Dustin Nelson. And I said, well, I, let me look him up on Facebook. And it was, ended up being Dustin. So we met at Go, And
0: Yeah. He fell in love after that. So, (laughs) but you're giving his secrets away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't know he was like a top quad guy. You know, I just found that out through Facebook, but I had no idea. So I just saw some cute guy standing over there watching the dirt
0: bike guys. (laughs) Well, he used to be one of those dirt bike guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I didn't know that. I also learned that through you know the oh, the time we were dating and stuff like that. I learned all about his uh, motocross career and stuff like that. So he's, he's been around a long <laughs> a long time.
0: Well, yeah, because we knew we knew of Dustin before he ever got on a quad.
1: Yeah, yeah, he he did all the amateur racing and stuff he'll tell you he won Loretta's first time there and yada 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 which was pretty cool um but yeah he he did all that and I learned why he rode motorcycles and stuff so that was cool and then supercross and then from supercross to quad testing quads and then Yamaha was like hey why don't you go race these things so and then ended up being really good.
0: Right. And he came out and he was working with Roll and a couple other people and, and he would come in and talk to us, you know, and, and it was always great. It was great. Dustin's one of those rare individuals that was never too good to talk to anybody.
1: Yeah, no, he, he definitely, he's a little shy, but he, he definitely um, is a very good person like spokesperson and stuff like that. And he really knows the bikes and the equipment and stuff. So like that's why he excels so well in the testing stuff. He really knows the bike, you know, and and he can tell people like, hey, no, I don't like this, or this is what this is doing. Where most people are like, nah, I just go ride and, you know, my bike's fine. You know, so he he is able to really Detect the bike and, and, you know, I think that helped him, you know, talking to people and getting new sponsors and stuff like that, because they knew of his testing abilities, you know, and they probably want their products to be better. So,
0: well, not a test rider that can tell you things. Um, my dad tells a story about Marty Hart. Not everybody knows who Marty Hart is, but he's a factory Honda guy, three wheelers, you know, I mean, he's a very, very talented individual. So my brother became his mechanic and my dad built some subframes for him and Nerf bars back when he started riding. It was after Honda it was a support gig with Honda. Mm -hmm. Come back after riding, Marty tells my dad, Hey, that subframes a quarter inch too high or too low. And my dad's like, you are full of shit. But when they put the bike back up on the stand and, and started measuring everything, my dad goes, I'll be damned. It's a quarter inch too low. I welded on the wrong side of the mark. So uh, my dad instantly gained respect for him because when you find riders that can pick things up up that other riders can't, and they can tell the individuals that are, whether they're building the machine or whether they're, you know, building a a specific part for it, what's wrong with it and what they got to do to make it better. It's priceless.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, that's one thing I wasn't, very good at. And looking back, I wish I spent more time learning about, I just went out and rode and, you know, the bike was kicking me, then maybe it was just me. But like, if I knew how to really like dig deep into the suspension and stuff, I probably could have made my bike way better, but you know, at, at the time I rode for pro circuit. So I had those guys bones and those guys dialing my suspension, but I really wish I knew more like why it was doing it and you know stuff like that to be able to give them feedback and make it better but I kind of was like well I think it's this and so they do clickers and then I'd go try it so it's definitely cool to have Dustin be able to be like well no it's doing this and this is why and this is what we need to do you know I'm like how do you know that like <laughs> you just, he watches the guys on super, you know, on TV and he's like, man, there's suspensions doing this and doing that. I'm like, what? Like I just watch them. Right.
0: <laughs> well, you, you know, in what I do, you listen to exhaust notes and you watch the way the ma- machines work and you're critical of, of things that don't sound right when they're accelerating out of the turns or maybe it's not going through the whoops the way it should you know so you're always i mean it's just what you do because that's what you've had to do
1: yeah your whole
0: life so i get it i mean i don't like i don't like watching a lot of stuff unless i'm physically there because it's it it's it's just not as cool
1: yeah yeah i i do miss being at the races um you know it like I said, I like to be like a social butterfly. So I like going and talking to people. So I definitely miss being out at the races. You know, this, this business and having to work every day is not as fun. <laughs> so,
0: so what is your business?
1: So I actually own a franchise in East County, California, people that are not in California that listen to this, um, And it's called Amazing Athletes. And what it is, is it's a preschool program that is curriculum based. So I go to, it's just me right now. I had a coach before COVID, but um, it's just me. So I go to the local preschools and I teach a 30 minute class um, to ages. We have two groups. We have a TOTS class, which is 18 months to two and a half. And then I have a two and a half to six years old. So we teach a sports program. So this, like, for example, this week is um, soccer and we do two sports each week soccer and this week is track. So we're doing the long jump. So, you know, obviously an 18 month old and their jumping skills aren't very good. But what we do is we teach them, you know, balance and coordination and hand eye coordination and, you know, we just do the very basics, but it is like that age is like the most important age to get your child moving. You know, I've taken little kids that can barely walk and now they can jump with two feet and stand on one foot. And, you know, it's, it's an amazing, very, very rewarding job. Like, I love it. People are like, how do you work with little kids? I'm like, oh, I can take 12 two-year-olds and herd them around like cattle and we have so much fun, you know? So yeah, I, I work in the mornings with preschoolers and then in the afternoons I work with some older kids up to grade three and then that's it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then you then I don't want to talk to you anymore.
1: No, no. <laughs> then they got, then they don't, they're not. Cause I like when people say, Oh, coach Liz, I love you. Well, I love you too. But once you're past third grade, they're like, how how long do we have to do this? Like, when can I go home? And I'm like, okay. You know, (laughs) then you want to be on your phone and your iPad, you know. Two-year-olds are like, oh, I love you. Oh, cool. Let's keep running. (laughs) So I love it. It is so fun. And people that come watch me are probably like, this lady is out of her mind. But at that age, like working with kids that age, you have to get down to their level and you have to do whatever you need to do to make them smile and to see them smile and to say, coach Liz, I did it. It is like the best feeling ever, you know, and I've been able to take kids, you know, from my program starting at two and now they're almost going to kindergarten, which makes me really sad, but, um, to see them progress and just grow. And I just know like their future can be so awesome because they have the basics and the fundamentals that a lot of kids don't have, you know, like it's very simple stuff, but there's a lot of kids that can't do it, you know?
0: And if the parents aren't athletic or the parents don't have time, they'll never never get that.
1: Yeah. And, and what's good, you know, and I I always, um, I have a set of kids, but I always take kids that can't afford the program or, or, you know, parents that don't want them to be in it. I always take kids in my class. I call them free trials and I give them the opportunity because there are some kids whose. Families can't afford the program, but I know that this will benefit them. And so I take like a lot of extra kids. Like I teach, you know, I teach a lot of classes. So, but I'm always, Hey, Billy, you want to try it? Hey Susie. Yeah. You want to try it? Sure. Come on. Like, you know, I, I want to give every kid an opportunity because you never know, like maybe, you know, Billy I Maybe mean, end up being some famous baseball player or golf guy or whatever, you know, because he learned the basics, you know. I don't know. I just wow. enjoy it.
0: Does does your past professional career ever come up?
1: Um yeah, I mean, we um when we talk about soccer, I say, oh my friends, what is this? Oh, a soccer ball. I say you want to know what Coach Liz's favorite sport is is soccer. And they're like, really? Me, me too, me too. So that's all. We don't bring up dirt bikes because they don't know anything about that. But, you know, I played baseball as a kid, softball, basketball. I I pretty much tried everything. Thankfully, my parents allowed me to experience it all. I did baton, which if you know anything about baton, you throw a little thing up and it spins and then you catch it. It was my mom was probably not really pumped on that, but she was there at every practice. So, And I was in the band, which is different, but what not instrument? dirt bikes, but I tried it.
0: What instrument?
1: Oh, I played the clarinet. <laughs> I was in the sixth grade band.
0: <laughs> as long as you had fun, that's all that matters, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, I was... Like, as a kid, I was open to try anything. Like, if I could play football with the boys, I would have played football, you know. So, I grew up with boy cousins. So, I was playing with the boys all the time.
0: So, it was fun. Sounds like there were more boys in the neighborhood than than girls.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I would prefer it anyways. Even, like, I have more boyfriends than girlfriends, so... Right. Even right. even today, like I would rather go hang out with the boys than hang out with the girls.
0: You I don't know, think I've ever seen you hanging out with the girls?
1: No, no, not really. <laughs> you know, because
0: when you come to the races and you know you're you're talking to you'll you'll talk to me, then you're talking to somebody else and somebody else, and you know it, it's not and there's no there's no girls there. No, guys, you know.
1: No, that's fine. That was fine. I Even, like, growing up racing and the women's stuff, I probably, like, didn't have very many girlfriends. Like, I had a few girls, like, Jessica and Ashley Filick were probably the two girls that, you know, I learned sign language to talk to Ashley. Um, like, I went to school for that. I got my associates in sign language just because I wanted to be able to talk to her. So, um, but like Jessica, me and Jessica, I would just talk to her and all the other girls were kind of like weird, but (laughs) looking back, I probably should have been a little bit more friendly. I was friendly, but I was too focused on racing, you know, like I'm not going to tell her my secrets. What? You know, (laughs) not like the man, like Dustin, when he was racing quads, he would like talk to Bo and some of those other guys and be like, yeah, I was doing this through this section and I hit this jump at this gear. I'm like, you're not supposed to tell your competition what you're doing. Like that's not part of it. And he's like, no, it's no problem. I'm like, no, that's not allowed. Even, even Josh Rowe, like, don't tell him like he's fast. (laughs)
0: So, gotten a lot faster. Let's put it to you that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, and then,
0: yeah, he's those guys were it. good.
1: That was a good team. That yeah, was a they, fun team.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, they, they, I wish they could have freaking swept the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Just never seemed to work out. Yeah. So, let's change, let's change gears. I think that's really admirable what you do with the kids, though. That's pretty awesome. Um, not the job I would have, would have picked for you. What would you have thought my job would have been? (laughs) I figured you'd be working in a dirt bike shop.
1: Yeah. Well, I've always heard that industry, the industry jobs aren't always the best. And, um, I went to school and got my bachelor's in psychology and, you know, I didn't do anything with it, but, you know, I didn't want to work with the dirt. Like once I got out of the dirt bikes, I'm out, you know, that's why, that's why I don't ride much. Like if I'm going to ride, I'm going to ride all the time. And if, you know, cause I have a hard time just going and riding just a little bit, but yeah, I, I worked, I actually worked for a little while with, um, John and Christy Duffy. They owned a and they made triple clamps. I worked with them for a while um in their office doing an office job, but realized shortly after I'm not that person to sit at a computer and talk on the phone. So I needed something more social and moving around. So that's when I found this
0: job. Playing with kids is more fun. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't know too much about a 1995 CR you know. Two fifty triple clamps, you know. I don't know. I know about two thousand and whatever, but you know, I didn't know about the older stuff, so that was something I had to learn. But I, I, I enjoyed working there. Me and Christy ended up being really good friends, and we would go riding and stuff. So, yeah, no, that's not my type
0: of job. (laughs) So, you transitioned from motocross to works yes i'm sure it wasn't the same thrill as a motocross track unless we were going to a place like paula you know
1: yeah the okay the first race i ever raced a works race um i went out there with kurt caselli and he's like hey just come try one i'm like i don't think i like the off-road stuff like you guys go too fast. And he's like, just come try it. It's like on a dirt bike track. And I'm like, oh, cool. And he's like, well, there's some added, you know, track off the track. I'm like, okay, well, I'll try it. So I went to Taft the first um was my first race. And I was actually leading. And um I ended up racing it like a motocross race, like going as fast as I could for 20 minutes well, the race was 50 minutes. I don't even remember how long they were, but I ended up getting so tired that I fell all the way back. Like I like threw out the anchor cause I was going so fast and I learned you kind of have to pace yourself in that type of racing. So, but it was fun. He was, he told me after the race, Hey, you were doing really good. And I said, yeah, about halfway and then I was so tired I needed to (laughs) pull off but I finished so but I did the I did the works racing and then he told me to go try uh um Heron Hound out at I don't even remember but it was really hard and I barely finished I had I was like doing like the two loops or something and it was exhausting, but I had fun. I was all at that point in my life. I was just open to trying, you know, new styles of racing. So I ended up doing the works and then I kind of enjoyed that. So then I found the big six and I actually won a few championships in the big six series, which I really enjoyed that. It was the women's classes, but we raced like with the older men and you know some of the other class like it was like the plus 50 60 70 master like it was a bunch of old guys out there but we would you know it was cool to race with them too i don't know if that's
0: (laughs) They they could handle getting getting smoked by girls
1: yeah yeah they don't they I'm pretty sure they were just trying to survive, <laughs> but I had fun. I really, really enjoyed the big six courses, like how they laid out their tracks and stuff. Um, the works people did a great job too, but, um, yeah, maybe cause I was winning that stuff. It was better, but I mean, I enjoyed the work stuff. Dustin did the work stuff on, uh, dirt bikes in the old man class, I call it, but in the vet class. And, um, then he raced the quads too. So it was cool to be, that was like a full weekend of racing. I would race then he would race on dirt bikes and then race on quads, you know, the next day. So it was fun.
0: You got your fill.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: How did you get tied into the X games?
1: So, um, you had to be chosen to, you know, they took the top, whatever girls, um, to, to qualify for the X games. And then, you know, the first year, um, I, I raced it quite a few times. Um, but I think the first year was in 2009 and Um, it was at the home Depot center and I actually got a bronze medal there. That's like my claim to fame. Like if you know, Elizabeth bash, you know, I got third at X games, but, (laughs) 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 but no, so they just had a group of girls, like the top girls that they would allow to race. And then, um, then the next year, the same, you know, it was pretty much the same group of girls. They would add a few, you know, or if some got hurt, but there was always just a group of, you know, I don't remember 15 girls, the top 15 girls. So, um, it was cool. That was X games
0: is awesome. Almost almost more fun than some of the other stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's all about the TV there for X games. So like there was lots of interviews and like autographs, and there was every single other sport you know, skateboarding, BMX, you know, freestyle. So you were there and you got to see all of it. Like if you were part of X Games, you had a little pass and you got to go anywhere. So it it was cool. And then when they transferred into um, endurocross, <laughs> which was a whole nother Ball game of X Games. I participated in that a few times, and um,
0: that no, was no. that was difficult. <laughs> no medal.
1: Uh, no, no. I um, I did get famous, though. I had a I had a crash that Leah. I was Leah's like poster child, the neck brace company, for a few years. After that, I had a fallen down like slid down this hill and pretty much like completely like folded myself up like it sounds weird but my head was like my legs were like behind my head I was folded up I ended up dislocating my shoulder but I got up and was still in second and went around kept going around and ended up getting like fourth so that was my second best so but
0: well, if you wouldn't have been crashed too many times, if you wouldn't have been laying down on the job, you might've won it.
1: Yeah. Well, well, I don't think I would've won it, but if I could have got second, if I wouldn't have crashed, you know, four other times, <laughs> I probably would have got second because there was, you know, 15 girls and we were all just laid out everywhere. It was like, whoever could get up the fastest and then make it through the next obstacle And if you crashed, if you could get up faster, then you would probably do better. So there was, I don't remember one girl that, well, Maria Forsberg, she was really good. But a lot (laughs) of the other girls just pinned it. They come from motocross and we would just pin it and just wad it. I mean, (laughs) I guess you got to go slow and steady in that. So,
0: so Uh, it was all a great experience. So. So, you but, come from the era of motocross that's pin it to win it,
1: yeah, yeah, and I didn't, yeah, and then, but in that stuff, you know you have to be super technical. there's like wood chips and rocks and water, and I was always told, just pin it, you know, well, you can't just pin it in water and in in the wood chips because you're gonna crash, and that's what happened. There was a bunch of us girls that would go fast, but we ended up just crashing. So Tatum 6 was one. She, you know, we're we're good buddies now. We're into horses, so we're good buddies now. But she was one that was really good, but would crash all the time. She did works races and she did all the motocross stuff too. So, but yeah, it was yeah. like trackers or wreckers, they would say.
0: Do you follow it at all, the women's stuff now?
1: No, not really. I mean, I watch like Loretta's and stuff, um, just cause I want to see, I know that there are a few girls and I've had this in my mind, which I don't know why I think about it, but that are all like ex, you know, women's pro racers going back to Loretta's cause mm-hmm. the men do it. They go back, you know, Emma goes back and he races Loretta's, you know? So I had this thought a few years ago, like maybe I should go back to Loretta's. Should I quote, could I qualify? Like, you know, so I don't really follow it. There's not a whole big women's series anymore that kind of dwindled away. Um, But there are, you know, I do know of a few girls, like big name girls that are trying to do it, you know, in the boys classes and stuff, which is awesome. Um, I just wish the women's group, you know, was still there
0: because, do you know, do you know of Brandy Richards?
1: Yep. Yeah. So she, um, she's doing really well. She did really well on the off-road stuff. Um, she, for being like a little girl, she would, she used to go super fast. So, and now she's breaking records and doing long races by herself and stuff. It, You know, she's she's done amazing for you know her career, which is awesome to see because she was way younger than me. So but it was cool.
0: Yeah, I I met her through works uh, Mm -hmm. when I started the podcast. And um I was I don't know what I was doing, but I think I was looking at Instagram or something and there was a post, you know, this girl freaking Wins the pro am in the bikes, you know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I saw that.
0: Like, and I and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Well, I just happened to be talking to Randy, the owner of Works, like the next day, and I say, do you know this person? And he goes, yeah. And I go, I want to put her on my podcast. This is awesome. The the girl whoops up on these boys in the pro am class. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, and, I, and those. About? I bet those boys are not happy about
0: that. Uh it's it, but it's not that she doesn't she won the championship that year yeah, yeah that's amazing and, and isde isde she won the gold you know and the team won the gold i mean they she killed it She had a year, yeah probably you know one of those years that you race that you that everything you do is gold
1: and yeah no she's she's definitely done you know a definitely for the off-road part of it you know um, very well-known woman racer so
0: It's cool. I don't want to ride against you, and I definitely don't want to ride against her. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you could ride against me now because I don't ride. But if I did, like I can go three laps, but (laughs) and then then I'm going to need some water.
0: But your three lap pace is still probably better, way better than my three lap pace.
1: Oh, no, no, no. So I bought a YZ125 and I told Dustin because I can ride a 250F. We have one in the garage. I choose not to ride it because a 250F can do all the jumps plus some. And I tell myself, well, I'm on a YZ125. They can't do all the jumps. So, which is not true, but I'm just saying, cause I'm on a slower bike that I don't have to go fast anymore. So, cause I used to jump, but. I don't want to jump anymore. So if I'm going to ride, I just go and cruise. And that's why I have my YZ 125 because it's not that fast and I can just go out and have
0: fun. <laughs> Isn't big air for a motocross gal freaking fun? What? Isn't big air for a motocross gal fun?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was fun. Like I had a, I used to love to jump. Like I didn't like ruts and stuff like that. So in sand, I'd, Never liked Southwick and stuff, but I liked to jump, and I would do the jumps, but now I want nothing to do with the jumps. like I rode up Fox Raceway or Polo, it used to be called um, and I wrote i'm like I'm gonna go ride on the big track. I rode one lap and pulled off, and I'm like, I think I'm gonna die. so I went to the vet track and I rode on the vet track and I did all the jumps, and I was perfectly happy so <laughs> I made Dustin come watch me. I'm like, come watch me on the vet track. <laughs>
0: he's like, oh my God. So because he still can ride at a pretty high level.
1: Yeah, he, you know, and I keep telling him, I'm like, hey, let's go to Loretta's. Like you should race the plus. F- well, I think his class, you'd have to be plus 45 because he's been pro. Um, I think it's plus 25 and plus 45, I think. Um I don't remember but I told him I'm like hey you need to go back and race like you could still do it and he does testing with um Travis Preston who's still really fast and I'm like hey I think you should race so I keep telling him but he won't he's too is busy working
0: he, is he done racing you think
1: um yeah i I think I'm sure he'll think of some other way to race, maybe not, you know, side-by-sides because we did the side-by-side stuff and then we did the truck stuff a little bit, but I'm sure there's something else out there. Um, maybe some roundy round stuff or I don't know. I'm sure he still wants to do something competitive. Uh, he's going to get mad at me, but, uh, his competitive thing that he does now is golf he's in a uh, old man's league an older gentleman's league and <laughs> he, he pays whatever he has to pay to be in it and he comes home and he's like i won money <laughs> 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 oh wow great job <laughs> so that's his competitiveness but i'm sure he still wants to do something in racing if uh you know we can figure it out so well, i know his dad would love to be part of the racing stuff still, cause I know his dad, um, pops, we call him, uh, really misses it. So
0: I know that if you get him to go back and race, you have to go back and race.
1: Mm. No, no. I've kind of changed my, um, as people call it horsepower. I, um, I'm starting to get into the horse stuff. So, uh, that would be my competitiveness. I want to compete in like Horse events and shows,
0: so you go from cheating <laughs> the brain for the iron horse to having to deal with a horse with a brain,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, people are like, How do you ride horses? I'm like, it's so fun, but you're not in control, and I'm like, well, you're right, I'm not but i'm I'm with a trainer now, and I'm getting in control but you know, they are still 1,200 pound animals underneath, you know, underneath you that can go wherever they want. So, but I am enjoying that. So
0: I, I'm that. that's that's good that you're enjoying it. I'm scared to death of horses, but
1: <laughs> they're not that bad.
0: The only well, thing that scares me worse than a horse is a shark. Oh, really? Yeah,
1: there's oh. I will tell you they are the best therapy and they are like, if you are having a bad day, I go, which sounds really dumb to people, but I go purposely clean my trainers, horses stalls just to be with the horses. Like after I'm done with work, if I have an, two hours, that's where I'm at. So I don't have time to ride dirt bikes <laughs> <anymore>. <laughs> or I choose not to have time. I mean, I go watch the boys and Dustin ride at Verona. And they tell me, well, why don't you go ride? I said, well, um, a 250F and two YZ80s and a 125 can't all fit in the back of the truck. So there's no room for my bike. So I'll just go watch. <laughs> so even though we have a you know 400 foot trailer that we used for racing. Um, that we could load, load all the bikes in, but
0: I would rather just go support the boys. The boys know that you're a talented rider.
1: Yeah, yeah. they And they want me to ride with them. Um, I will ride again. Um, probably wait till wintertime because now it's going to be too hot. But, and and Barona is too rocky for me. But when we go to Kauia and stuff, I would ride, um, you know, it's cool to ride with them they're uh they're getting better so I'm I'm more like their coach you know I'm coach Liz at work but I'm coach stepmom at the track like you know Dustin will be out riding and then I'm watching the boys you know and I'm, I have to go back and forth because he still goes too fast for me to just let him go ride so I'm constantly like going back and forth to check on everyone so and I make the lunches. So that's why they like me to go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, as long as you're having a good time, that's all that matters, right?
1: Yeah. 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 And I, you know, I do miss it, but I I'm too focused on my business and, you know, the horse stuff now and just being with the family that I don't really have the want or drive, but. I do have some friends that want me to come ride with them, so I should probably pull the dirt bike out of the garage and at least start it, make sure it runs and stuff, so.
0: Well, I I always thought it was a pleasure to ride with you because they always put me in the class with you. Yes, one of the old men.
1: (laughs) Sorry about that. I don't mean it like that. (laughs) You
0: just could could roost on me. Um, yeah which was always fun. You know, I mean, it, it was always great. And I, I really appreciate your friendship and the way that you've always treated me with the utmost respect being that when you're someone in my position where I've worked with some of the greatest ATV writers in the world and the motorcycle people sometimes don't always respect us and you uh, gave us all respect from the day one, from the moment you, you came into this circle. And I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, I appreciate that. And the kind words, um, yeah, like coming into the quad stuff, you know, I know that the dirt bikers don't really care for the quads, you know, because whatever I used to say it too, they messed up the track, but like, after, you know, getting in, like being with Dustin and meeting all the, sponsors and all the families um you know i like the quad group is one awesome group you know and i have built and made a lot of friendships like the fuller family they're like one of my favorite quad families i call them you know and um i love i love to go to the races and hang out with them like i would go hang out with my dirt bike friends but then i would have you know the quad people and you know, you know, being with Dustin and Dustin, you know, having a lot of success, it was cool to, you know, just be there and to see, you know, how, how it all works and how like his team that he had and how successful they were like, you know, you know, and I thankfully got to be part of some of that success on his, like, end of his quad career and you know I would get into it I was the pit boarder and stuff like that so it was fun it was fun you know the the like I said the quad family and the group and the sponsors and stuff they were all amazing and they took the dirt biker in so that was
0: that was cool so why didn't you ever race the quad
1: okay (laughs) I raced, I raced, um, twice, maybe three times. Um, I won twice. I'm not going to tell you how many people were in the class, but I won. Um, <laughs> I raced, uh, so I, I rode, uh, Josh Rose practice bike, um, because the mod Dustin's race bike was like a rocket ship. And I felt like I was going to fly off. So I rode Josh Rose practice bike, um, at one of the races at Glen Helen. And, um, I ended up winning. I want, I raced the women's novice class, which I don't know if I would have, but it was my first race. So I ended up winning, which was cool, but funny story with that being like not part of the testing. And so I told Dustin, I'd come, down one of the hills, and I told him, the brakes aren't working. like I can't ride this thing. The brakes aren't working. And he's like, "Well, you just skidded all the way up to me, so the brakes obviously are working. Well, I just didn't want to go down Mount St Helen's on a quad or up because I don't know, the steering was it felt like when you switch steer it, you would like it would steer you like into the wall so I just tried to make up an excuse enough to go up and down the hill but he's like you were skidding up to me so I'm pretty sure the brakes are fine so I ended up racing but that was short lived it was too hard I didn't know how to like sit on it and he like lean. E- you lean and I think I was leaning the wrong way so it wasn't for me so
0: <laughs> Well, at least you did it. And at least you Yeah,
1: I, I checked that off my bucket list. I raced the quad. There you go. <laughs> but awesome. I didn't tell very many of my dirt bike friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, now if your dirt bike friends listen to this, they're going to know.
1: Oh, yeah. They they'll still that love that me. No. I'm, I'm not going to edit that out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't have to. I admit it. I Well, I married a quad racer, so I obviously like the quads, so...
0: But he's still a dirt bike guy, too, though.
1: I know, I know. We go back to that. Thankfully, you're still a dirt bike guy. <laughs> <laughs> I give him a hard time.
0: So, uh, we, I started on dirt bikes. So, it, it, I guess that having a dirt bike for a number of years, because when I raced against you, I was on a dirt bike, you know, yeah. against you. But while you were out there going fast, we
1: were on the road. same track.
0: Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was sightseeing and you were right racing.
1: (laughs) I was like, Hey, how's it going? (laughs) Why are you going on the bumpy part? You're supposed to be away over here.
0: (laughs) I could never figure that out. Yeah.
1: You got to find the edges.
0: Right. You know, after, I, I think you told me that, and it was after our race. And I went out on the track for some reason and I was walking around and I found all these Single smooth little lines that you guys. Add. Yeah. And I'm like, man, why can't you see that when you're riding out there? Because I never knew how to get to that that line.
1: Yeah, I'm obviously. sure my line wasn't fast, but it was smoother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not going over all the bumps; it's way faster.
1: Yeah. Well, I was just trying to, at that point. I was just trying to, you know, keep it to where I could finish the whole race without dying of. Crashing or being too tired, so <laughs> it was.
0: Fun. You, you did awesome. You did awesome, and I enjoyed. I enjoyed the times that we got to ride at the same time because you did make it more fun for me. So nice. I appreciate. that.
1: Well, that was good. I enjoyed it too. <laughs> when I when I came by, I was good to see you.
0: <laughs> you always, well, you'd come by me more times than I'll admit during every race. Oh. Uh, you did, you know. You always wave, so
1: yeah. I know, I was trying to be friendly. You, you were,
0: you were. <laughs> it was definitely. Cordial. Yeah, it's an accident. That was an accident. I accidentally pushed the button. Oops. Um Bash. I want to thank you so much. I know that you had reservations to sit down with me and and talk. You know, thinking that it was a, a you know traditional style interview. Um, But I've really enjoyed our conversation and I I appreciate your friendship and I hope that you get it back out and ride again because you're far too talented to let that talent not be used. And I think those boys would enjoy seeing you. Maybe you could teach him a few things on the machine because dad's still flying high and going way too fast.
1: Yeah, he goes too fast. Makes me nervous, but. Yeah. I mean, I'll get back out there. I just need to, you know, I've been so focused on building my business, um, but I do need to do more stuff with the family. So maybe, you know, taking the boys riding or something, maybe I'll do that in the near future, but it's definitely cool to watch them learn, you know, cause I was there, I was then, you know, at, at their age too. So I started a little younger, but you know at the racing time but they've been running quads and stuff all you know two and three year olds and stuff but it's cool to to see them grow and you know to be part of that so it's been this whole my whole 35 years almost 36 the end of June but uh it's been it's been great you know I've done a lot and uh I still have more like very driven so
0: well, that's awesome. And good luck with your business. Uh, if you ever need any help with promotions or anything, don't, don't hesitate to hit us up. We'll be more than glad to help help you promote because it's for a worthy cause. And um, you know, you always try to take care of your friends.
1: Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. And and I actually really enjoyed this. I, I, I thought it was going to be like a, you know, step-by-step interview, but it's much easier if we could just talk because you know, then you can see the real me instead of being like, uh, oh, well, um, <laughs> and uh.
0: <laughs> exactly i didn't i didn't i don't ever want it to be scripted i don't ever want it to be unfree i mean the, the story's about you and your experiences and the things that you've got to go do and and i hope that some of the young ladies that listen will take your story and feed off of it for their careers and know that they can do it and there there sponsors out there and people that will help them
1: yeah yeah i, I will say to any anyone these days, like if you have a dream and you want to do something, go and do it because you never know. Like I've been living this. You never know. There's a lot of stuff going on in this world these days. You just never know. So if you've got a dream and you, you've got a goal, you go do what you have to, to reach that or to, to achieve that goal. And, um, you know, if you want to race in the men's class professionally, then you work hard and you get to that level or whatever it is that you want to do, just keep going. I, I keep telling myself, just keep going. Like it'll all, um, it'll all work out. So.
0: The team here at ATV talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATV